I'm Tony Preckwinkle, chair of the Cook County Democratic Party. I want to welcome you to the 80, our podcast about the party, its candidates, and its leaders. We're beginning our podcast by interviewing our elected Democratic committee people to discuss their backgrounds and thoughts about the history and future of our party. I'm pleased to welcome today Eamon Kelly, who is the committee person for Evanston. Welcome, Eamon. Welcome. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Eamon, tell us a little bit about yourself and about how you got involved in politics. Uh, thanks uh, for having me again. I'm really excited to be here. And uh, I was glad to hear that I would get interviewed by you, President Preckwinkle. That was kind of the, uh, uh, the excitement for me in having this conversation. So I first got involved. The first campaign I worked on was Jan Sikowski's Race for Congress. I was a high school student at Evanston Township High School here in Evanston. And she was a state representative running to represent the 9th Congressional District in a wide open race. Uh, Jan just really appealed to me as a progressive uh, uh, advocate and lawyer. And she was one already and became more of one, I think, in the US Congress. Uh, and uh, I, I phone banked. I stood out front of the Democratic Party of Evanston. Um, holding signs for Jan, yelling, you know, encouraging people as they went in to the uh, Democratic Party events. But we always have an endorsement meeting for a race like Congress where we decide as a whole community who we're going to endorse. And so that was the first race that really got me energized in politics. And I, I, I think about it often when I myself now preside over endorsement sessions for the Democratic Party of Evans in my own time standing at the doors. Uh, I guess I'm still standing at the doors waving signs for Jan Schakowsky and the Democratic Party of Evanston uh, uh, thing. You know, stepping back though, I, I did grow up um, in a Democratic household. Uh, my dad uh, put himself through uh, college working in a steel mill and law school driving a bus for the CCA and was active in Democratic Party politics locally. Um, to, you know, all throughout his legal career. So I guess that was a foundation, but the first race I really engaged in was, was Jan's race. So. That's surely something you can be proud of. Um, my understanding is that Jan, it was a, 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 a large field. Uh, Jan was the only woman and, and won handily. She was, it was uh, uh, some notable names. Uh, J.B. Pritzker was an opponent of hers. <laughs> and, uh, as is the thing in Evanston, it was as between her and he was a resident of Evanston at the time. Uh, they lived here for a, a, a long time. Uh, but um, it was a race between the two of them about who was the most progressive candidate. And they were both very progressive, but uh, uh, Jan won out as, a, as a, I think we, the kind of dynamic leader Evanston wanted. And she had represented us in the state house and done a great job. Um, and then she was against Howie Carroll, who's a state senator from the north side of, uh, of Chicago, was more, um, and, uh, and it was her. And, and a lot of people had handicapped Howie Carroll as a favorite. And, um, uh, and then JB obviously had a lot of resources that he invested in the campaign, but was, you know, ran a progressive. He, he, he was as progressive when he was running for Congress as he was when he, was run, when he ran for governor. But uh, as he, um, but uh, he won for governor and Jan won for Congress. So. There we go, there we go. Now you've done a lot of work uh, for the Cook County Democratic Party, which I want you to share with folks around uh, our judiciary. And I know that um, this is something near and dear to you that is having highly qualified 
uh, progressive people on the bench. So why don't you share with our viewers and our listeners um, your role? Yeah, so I chair the Democratic Party's Retention Committee, which evaluates judges uh, and whether or not the Democratic Party will support them for retention. So in Cook County, the system, and throughout Illinois, the system is judges are elected, they're elected for a term, and then after a period of time, they have to get retained by the voters. And uh, that had been a rubber stamp for decades. Um, and, you know, I think we had done a lot of good work, and I had been involved in good work of electing good, qualified, more diverse judges to the bench. But we had continued for, for some time as a party to just blindly retain all of the judges um, that ran for re-election. And I think in some ways, it, it, what we don't have, we have a judiciary that isn't filled with the most diverse, the most qualified candidates, but for decades was filled uh, through a, a highly political process. And while we made improvements on the front end, if we're gonna have the kind of judiciary we want here that's gonna address issues like fair uh, criminal justice system, creating a more fair criminal justice system, we have to hold the judges that are there accountable. And uh, we have to make sure they're doing a, an excellent job and so we've started the hard work of evaluating sitting judges, uh, looking to see which ones um, uh, we're not gonna support. And uh, that has involved in the last two cycles, us not supporting for election, uh, retention uh, three judges. Uh, we've succeeded with respect to two of those judges. Uh, but I think more important than the judges, we just the two judges, we didn't retain or the, the third that was retained despite our efforts is the way that we've changed the conversation that um, just because you're on the bench uh, doesn't mean that you have a, a lifetime appointment. You have to continue to hold yourself accountable to the community that we represent uh, here in Cook County. The work of the Cook County Democratic Party is, is twofold in your mind. One, to get the most qualified people on the bench through the electoral process. And secondly, to hold the judiciary accountable through the retention process for people who don't meet our standards for judicial fairness or for compassion on the bench. Um, now, you have taken on, uh, along with Alderman Leslie Hairston, she's the vice chair, our retention committee. Um, why don't you talk about sort of the, the meat of that work? So we started this four years ago. Uh, and one of the things that was important to me, to Leslie, to you, uh, President Preckman, when we talked about this work, is we wanted to develop a fair process that uh, considered what was, that, that considers the balance is both the very difficult job judges have and appreciating and understanding that and that it, we don't want to create a popularity contest. We don't want to make, judges are often called to make unpopular decisions. We want to, we want to make sure we protect that independence while at the same time creating the system of accountability that's necessary, that they are, that they continue to exhibit the demeanor and the uh, ability to serve on the bench. And what we did is we developed a process that was informed by uh, bar reviews and 
um, other outside inputs about judges that were problematic. And then we launched an investigation process where we we gathered as a committee, most of us, but not all of us are lawyers. And we independently investigated every judge that we identified as uh, worthy of investigation in terms of whether or not they should be retained. And then we talked to, to their presiding judges. We interviewed that we offered them an opportunity to be interviewed personally. We observed their courtrooms to determine, you know, to observe firsthand their demeanor, uh, both with unrepresented parties and represented parties. And through all that work, we end up forming a, as a committee uh, through all that investigation, our recommendations about who should or shouldn't be retained. But it's a very intensive process. It involves looking over their decisions, the appellate records, the, the files they're in, and making a really informed decision, and then sharing with all of the committee people how we got to our decision and why it is that we weren't recommending the retention of a particular candidate in, in each of the last two cycles. And we built that process because we wanted to have confidence that we were making the right decision. We wanted to build in some protections to make sure that uh, we were making our decision based on uh, the, the judges that were being evaluated and uh, that every judge who was evaluated had an opportunity to be heard. And um, I, I feel, uh, I feel great appreciation for all the members of the committee who dedicated their time. And it's a very intensive uh, period of time uh, that we put in to make those recommendations. And uh, it's, it's critical that we, we put that work in. And then once we've made the recommendations, we have to communicate to the public about why we made those recommendations and why it's important that we not retain the particular judges that we've identified. I think over the last uh, decade or so, the party has been much more conscientious about uh, trying to determine the credentials of people that we slate to be sure that people are qualified or highly qualified uh, by uh, judged by the bar associations. And as you point out, at, 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 let me be clear, this is at your request that we began to look at this. Um, I wish I could say it was my idea, but it wasn't. Um, at your request that we began to look at the, the second part of this, not only slating good judges, but as you say, holding those on the bench accountable. Um, is there any particular part of your legal experience that prompted you to, to suggest that we look more closely at retention? You know, it's, as a, it's, it's not so much my legal experience, but my sense of responsibility as a party leader. So we kind of, as a party leader, as a party, we kind of created the problem in some way. You know, we, by rubber stamping people, by having a period of time, not recent history, I mean, I've been really proud of the judges we've supported in recent history, but historically where we let people get in and serve on the bench, you know, because they, uh, of their political connections, irrespective of uh, their qualifications, irrespective of the of their diversity of the group of people we were putting forward. And uh, without consideration for a varied life experience, you know, there was a period of time when it seemed like everybody that ever made it onto the bench had been a state's attorney. And so you had a whole generation of, uh, of, of judges who that was their narrow experience. And we've done a much better job of expanding that, but we continue to kind of blank check support all of the candidates who've been elected before us. And I, 
I had a feeling of responsibility that we as a party had a duty to step up and take more seriously our role as the only meaningful check. I mean, the, the voters are the only meaningful check here in terms of uh, the continued service of judges on the bench. So I was you know, proud to be a part of launching this with Leslie and others that we would take seriously this work. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, I guess the countervailing point is, you know, as a lawyer, I'm also committed to working hard to prevent, uh, to build a fair process. That is, I did, I wanted to make sure that we had integrity in our decisions, that we communicated the basis for our decisions, that we did the hard work in making our decisions, because just as much as we want to create accountability, we want judges to be confident that if they go out there, they work hard. They do a good job. They're open-minded about their perspective. The fact that they make tough decisions every day is not going to mean that we will oppose them when they uh, run run for attention. So we wanted to, we had to do both. We had to be accountable to change, and at the same time send a clear signal that we understand and appreciate that they got to make tough calls, and that we're going to consider that when we do our our, our process. Well, I want to thank you and all of the members of the Retention Committee again for your good work. I want to conclude, though, by asking you to talk a little bit about the national government. You've talked at some length about um, what the party needs to do in terms of um, supporting uh, good judges and holding accountable those who we believe uh, are not fit for the bench. Uh, but let's look at the, at the national level. Um, Evanston has always been a strong uh, democratic township. Um, and you, of course, have been its leader for how many years now? So I think I'm getting up to eight years now. Oh, my goodness. 10. Okay. Yeah, which is important right. one. You know, I appreciate the opportunity to have served in this, this way. Um, okay. Help us out. I, I've, I've tried to ask all of our, our committee people what they hope from, to see from the Biden-Harris administration uh, or if they have any particular um, substantive areas that they have concerns about. So I... Uh, I appreciate what how they've started. You know, I, I think one thing that I uh, that's critical is we as a Democratic Party have to remember what matters so much to the actual people that make up our party, and we we need to be focused on creating more economic opportunity. We need to be focused on making sure that that opportunity is equitably distributed across uh, different economic. Um, situations and diverse populations. Uh, so I'm happy about where it started, uh, but there is, they have a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, they, they can't back off for a second on progressive immigration reform. That they, they, I, I expect them to continue to fight for that. Um, I expect them to take head on the need for continued criminal justice reform. Uh, you know, I understand that they, they're, and appreciate their staging on where they're focused on. I thought their first day executive orders were critical, but they can't take their foot off the gas. They have to keep fighting for why it is we got them elected. Well, listen, um, surely if we're going to climb out of this depression, uh, we need strong federal support for local government. Um, and as you've pointed out, we've got to focus on economic opportunity for all of our people. Uh, and uh, near and dear to my heart, of course, immigration and criminal justice reform as well. So 
Um, we will keep our fingers crossed and of course uh, make our voices heard in regards to uh, what we wanna see from the federal government. And I'm thankful for you and the good work that you've done to strengthen our party and in particular uh, to strengthen our uh, impact when it comes to the bench and the judiciary. So thank you very much, Eamon Kelly, we're grateful. Thanks, Don. Appreciate it.